You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, you're with Karen, accentuating the positive. I'm here with Natalie Sudman, who I've spoken to on radio before, Accentuate the Positive Radio before, and uh, we've talked about her amazing book, The Application of Impossible Things, which I read a while ago, and I just loved it. Just give you a brief reminder of what we talked about. So Natalie was working in Iraq, working as an archaeologist and working in, in Iraq as a civilian for the army, and you were blown up by a roadside bomb. And in that moment of the explosion, you had this incredible NDE, near-death experience, where you experienced yourself one minute in the body, the next minute in a non-physical environment surrounded by beings of light, and you were downloading information, telling them about your life, and they were uploading information to you. And you called that environment the blink environment. Am I getting this right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Natalie was gone for about a couple of seconds on the physical plane, but the experiences that you had on the other side or in the non-physical environment were like years. Would it be like years? It's hard to say because there's no time in that environment, so it's hard to sort of gauge time. But yeah. it, but a lot went on in that in that experience where you got to do a life review like most people do. You got to hang out with your guides. You had a rest environment. You were sort of resting after a busy physical existence you said to your mob I don't want to go back (laughs) I basically said I'm not going to go back I'm not going back (laughs) which I have to say having looked at a lot of near-death experiences in my time pretty much everybody says that everyone that finds themselves in that non-physical environment realizes that they've come home Mm-hmm. And they're in this place of complete comfort and beauty and just, oh, just like I'm home. And they all say, oh, my God, thank God I'm back. And they say, I'm not going back. And most people say that they have some instruction from a guide or a relative or Jesus or whatever experience they're having, deity that they come across on the other side that says, it's not your time. You didn't actually experience that, though, did you? No, uh uh-uh. I decided for myself. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't anybody ordering me around or anything yeah. <laughs> other than myself. <laughs> yeah. I think that probably happens with everybody, but, you know, interpreting, interpreting what you experienced in non-physical into a physical, into language and into a physical interpretation is not always easy. And I think that a lot of the people who say they were ordered back or they were said, it's not your time, I think that that was a decision that they make themselves. But when they're interpreting that, they feel like it was something that was made outside of them. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I agree with that. Our physical world mind, that physical world personality is, in my experience, is not our whole self. And so when you leave the physical quickly or maybe even slowly, it, yeah. it may be, take some time for that physical mind personality to kind of let go it, because it's a concentration. And the same way that, you know, if you hold your hand in a fist for a long time and then try to open your hand, it's going to be, oh, <laughs> hard to move those muscles that way. Yeah. And so when we hold this hold our concentration in this physical or personality, 
when we when we leave the body, it can take a little time to to let go of that concentration. I think. So I think that from this physical world mind, it may look like something outside of ourselves is telling us to do something, but I, I suspect that it's really ourselves mm-hmm. telling ourselves what to do. Well, you say in the book, you know, when you merge back to the God source that we are all one, that there is no one outside of us anyway. So so who we... Yeah, on that level, you know, yeah. Us out mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. are all one and so there is no other telling us to do anything it's all yeah. all one yeah which is kind of it's kind of explosive to think about that from this perspective because from this physical perspective we seem so separate you know like there's you and your clump called your body and there's me and my clump called my body and there's like space and separateness between us but um, from my understanding you know the guides my guides tell me that that space in between us is filled with energy and information and that is what connects us that is what makes us the one because we can't perceive it with our eyes or ears or physical senses you know this energy around us is full of dimensions is full of different realities is full of uh, even on a physical level it's full of radio waves computer internet it's you know mobile phone waves it's just filled with energy and information yeah yeah so the part between you and I that connects us is that energy and information that we perceive as empty space yeah and it's all part of one it's all different aspects of a single beingness i guess you know there isn't any difference in that yeah i've been reading a blog called channeling eric and Eric was a young man that died at about four or five years ago at 20, and he's now a guide, and he's talking through a medium to his mother who's asking a whole heap of questions about, about life on the other side and who we are and what happens. But what I find interesting is that Eric is retaining his personality, and you touched on that before. This is a question that I have, and I think a lot of people will have. When we, when we transition, when we leave this physical experience, as you say, we leave behind an identity of who we are that was our physical self, what does it look like to sort of re-emerge back to the oneness, the wholeness of who we are, the completeness? Do we retain our specific personalities or are we completely different? What did you experience when you were there? In my experience, you're just more yourself. (laughs) It's not that you leave behind this personality and you take on another personality or something. It's like you sink even farther into yourself so that you feel even more like yourself. Okay. Not less like or leaving something behind. So, you know, are we the same personality? Well, we're the same personality, but even more. Mm. So if people were to imagine themselves not identified with their culture, their sexual orientation, their body, but imagine the thinker, the person who thinks the thought, the one who, who is curious, who is passionate. Would that be the person you are when you leave behind this identity? Sure. 
That's maybe the closest that we can get. I mean, I think a lot of people do actually experience the part of themselves that is aware of being in a body or the person who is thinking the thoughts. Who is this that's thinking the thoughts? (laughs) I think there are people who can really let go of everything else and totally identify with that being. And that being is, it's infinite. It's timeless, it's spaceless, it's infinite, and its identity doesn't belong to or it doesn't require anything outside itself. And its joy doesn't require anything outside of itself. (laughs) It's not dependent upon anything else. It's not, yeah, you listed, you know, what is your name, what country are you from, what sex are you, that kind of thing. And this is all beyond that. And but I think a lot of for a lot of people that's kind of a hard, you know, it's a hard awareness to find. Mm-mm-mm. But it it really is a memory. I mean, we all have it. It's just a, it's just remembering that we already are that. It's not necessarily oh I have to grow that in myself or I have to cultivate that in some way. Um, it's more allowing it to happen because you already are that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the next question would be how how do we cultivate that? How do we grow that? How do we be more of that? Because that is the part of us, you know, that's happy, that doesn't doubt, that feels confident, that feels secure, that feels at peace, that feels at home, that mm-hmm. und- that understands that that part of us that has a knowing. And I think that no matter who's listening to this, I think everyone's tasted that. Everyone's tasted that. How do we grow that and and be less unsure of who we are and and um, more connected to that? That's a really big question because <laughs> I think you know everybody is at a different place. Yeah. In their in their adventure here, and so, so what might work for one person may not work for another person. Yeah. But I can tell you a few things that um, I think are helpful to keep in mind. One thing is. Every time that you start hearing that voice in your in your head that criticizes you mm-hmm. or that says you're you you're this and you should be that mm-hmm. to pause and say, "Oh, I hear you. Thank you for trying to protect me." But let's just relax and just see what happens, you know, approving of myself. Because um <clears throat> Those fears and the, are really all about letting other things define who we are. So if we can quiet those voices and not stomp them down and not slam the door in their faces, but say, hello, I hear you. Thank you for trying to protect me. Let's just try this other new way of thinking that, um, that then you kind of, you know, be, you're being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. And being kind to yourself allows you to relax. And relaxing allows you to sink into that knowing of the self as the self. Mm. So that's an example of one way to do it. I also um, sometimes suggest to people that they make their mantra, I approve of myself. Mm. To say that, not just when good things are happening or when they really do, they're kind of like, oh, you know, but also when they just feel like they screwed up to say, even now, I approve of myself. 
and to see how that feels and where, uh, what kind of little voices come yapping up in the back of the head <laughs> saying, no, you just screwed up. You failed. But that thought's really hard to find when you're screwing up in your perspective, like when you're hating yourself, approving of yourself, inside hating of yourself is a, is a quantum leap. What I've found is that even just being able to say it though, yep. even if you don't believe it yep. Yep. To, at, at the very beginning, <laughs> just even being willing to even consider mm-hmm. saying it without believing it, that can have some power too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. One of the One things that I use is Byron Katie's work. Byron Katie is a woman, she calls her work the work. So she had an experience of having a near-death experience, but in the physical. So she woke, I say, she woke up dead. She spent 10 years in depression and she felt so unworthy and so disgusted with herself. She didn't even want to sleep in a bed, so she slept on the floor. And she said, one morning a cockroach crawled over her foot and it woke her up. And she was in this altered state of um, expansion. And she looked in the mirror and she didn't identify with the body. She identified with all but not the body. And and she said she had this, I say she woke up dead. She had this same experience as NDEs people talk about, but in her physical body. And she understood that the suffering that she'd put herself through for 10 years was for one reason only, and that was because she was believing her stressful thoughts. Mm-hmm. And she, she knew in that moment that if she didn't believe her stressful thoughts, that suffering wouldn't exist. And I love her work. She calls it the work. It's four questions and a turnaround. So is it true? Can I absolutely know it's true? Who would I be without this thought? How do I feel when I believe this thought? And who would I be without this thought? And then turn it around. And I think that when you are believing your stressful thoughts like I'm not good enough and I hate my life and I hate my job and I hate myself and all that sort of stuff. It's great to question it. Like, is it true? It just Absolutely. It it's, um, yeah, that's also um, the, it's kind of the same quantum leap as saying I approve of myself in my mind yeah. Um, yeah. to be able to question that. You yeah. know, um, it's, it's pretty hard to, it can be, hard to make that leap but it's worth being willing to try to make that leap yeah you know um being willing and even saying i don't know how to do this but i'm willing is enormous it opens that fear energy up yeah and allows things to start moving energetically very important we were chatting before about people that have near-death experiences and how they always say, I don't want to come back, I want to stay. What would you say to people that aren't depressed, but they understand who they are as a non-physical being, as an energetic being, as an infinite being, and they just want to go home, but their agreement or their contract or their life path is not finished yet. I think a lot of people that watch near-death experiences and have this conversation might feel like that. I'm done, I want to go home. But they're not having near-death experiences where they're making, they're seeing it from that perspective of, actually, no, I don't want to go home. There are other things I want to do. What would you say to people like that? I guess I would... Um, sometimes I have to say this to myself <laughs> because I know how good it is there. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to remember how good it is here, but yeah. we can, we, for one thing, here is there. 
Yes. Okay. There is no here and there. Good, to be, here. Re- good to be reminded of that. So, right. Yeah. Um, and so, and then also, if, if we want to work a little bit closer to the physical world mind, <laughs> we can say, we can be over there anytime and infinitely forever, forever and ever, for a long time. And it's so easy and it's so beautiful. But this, this life here is really exciting from the other side and it's pretty quick. So dig in and enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Dig in. (laughs) Dig in. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the spiritual messages seem to be deny the body and and deny the these emotions are bad emotions and um, these things are not holy and I don't think that's true from my experience everything is holy it's here is there we didn't come here just to experience all the happy things we also came here to experience the difficult emotions because um, we learn from those and they enrich us in ways that really we can't get when we're out of body, mm-hmm. when we are in our whole selves. If we could get those out there, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, from that perspective, it's, it's very exciting to participate in any kind of emotions and in any kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It's an adventure. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to remember when we're in the middle of Look, <laughs> I just think that I just think that that message cannot be spruced enough because you know we need to be reminded we just need to be reminded that this is this is great this is fantastic and and it's a miracle and that longing to be somewhere else, like this is what my guides say to me. It's, you know, a lot of people get caught up with other dimensions and extraterrestrial life and maybe I should be there and maybe I should be in the future or on another planet or in the past or, you know, I've got to be anywhere but here. Mm-hmm. They say to me, this is, this is how it is. It's like going to Rome on holiday and wishing that you were back home. Like yeah. from home yeah. you were so excited to go on this holiday. I want to go on this holiday and I'm going to see the Colosseum and I'm going to have pizza, it's going to be fantastic. And then getting there and then saying, I want to be back home in my bed, you know, watching television. <laughs> all I want to do is go out of my body. I don't, yeah, you get into the body. All I want to do is come out of the body. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to go out of body. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. really? Maybe you should get in your body because it's a kick. <laughs> it can be really fun. <laughs> And that's to say that, you know, doing, getting out of the body or learning some of those things aren't, aren't valuable or fun, but the grass is not always greener. Um, you're in a pretty good pasture right now. Take a look around. (laughs) I think if you're privy to this conversation, if you're experiencing this conversation, I teach law of attraction, like attraction, like has brought you here. Your vibration has brought you here to this conversation. And, and just like you and I, we needed to be reminded that this is a kicker. (laughs) You know, where we are is really good. Remember that, remember that. And you have that exalted awareness and that expanded awareness available to you right now right here right now yeah Mm -hmm. and you don't have to have a near-death experience to remember that no yeah something I need to be reminded of because I think to myself I want 
have a near-death experience like those guys, but I don't want to have to die to do it. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be you in know, a bomb I blast. That. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. I want yeah, the yeah. NDE without the ND part. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's lots of ways to remember who we are. You yeah. don't need to do the ND part. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want the sort of flashy, um, spiritual, tra- spiritually transformative experience of an NDE or something that happens that changes their whole life in an instant. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have that, unless you have already done the work before you have that experience, you're going to have to do that work after that experience. Mm-hmm. It may not, what I'm saying is it may not change your life the way you think it will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it may not change your life that easily. You can start at the beginning and work your way through something and learn it from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get, by the time you get up to the, that peak experience, it may not feel like a peak because you've worked your way up and it may just be like, ah, mm-hmm. now I'm here. Well, you may have that peak experience, but then you may crash and have to work your way back up. Mm-hmm. Or you may find, oh, you know, I'm, I'm losing it and coming back up and find that road really rocky trying to, trying to master what you experienced in an instant. So what I'm saying is a tr- spiritually transformative experience is not always just magic. Mm-hmm. It can be very disruptive and very, very difficult afterward. Mm-hmm. It may not always be, but it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, be careful what you wish for, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have it that way. That may be, you know, really flashy, but it may not be the best way for you. Mm-hmm. You may be working your way along slowly, slowly, and you may be a lot farther along than you think you are. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. It's your path. Mm-hmm. It's your path, and your path is valuable for you. Their path is not valuable for you. I know. I was so I was watching a woman called Jane Smith who had an NDE in 1952. So she's in her 80s now, and there's many YouTube videos of her online in her different ages. And she's led a really normal life, was a mum, raised three girls. And in 1952, she came out of this experience like a dream. She had it when she was giving birth and she had too much anaesthetist stuff and she just popped out of her body and was over on the other side. No sort of car crash or anything, just... um, And then the doctor's like, oh, my God, her heart stopped. We have to revive her during the giving birth process. And she came back pretty quickly in in our time. And, you know, hanging on to that knowledge where she had no one around her that understood what she went through for years, like 30 years before she spoke about it publicly, and still spending 20 or 30 years speaking about it publicly, it's amazing to sort of be armed with that knowledge and feel like nobody around you understands. But it didn't massively change her life. Right. But it did give her that experience of knowing that when she does leave this physical existence, she goes on. And that yeah, and honestly, I, there's a lot of people out there who have NDEs who don't talk about them. Yeah. They don't make it into their life's work to talk about them. Yeah. It didn't necessarily cause a, a huge revolution in their lives. Yeah. You know, it may be just part of their life, <laughs> an evolution, you know, one more step of an evolution. And it may not need to be front and center and it may not need to be talked about by them. You know, that's okay. 
I think a good thing to ask yourself when you, I want the NDE or without the ND part, or I want a really flashy, transformative experience, ask yourself why you think you want that. Yeah. What do you think it will give you that you don't already have? That's a great question. That's an excellent question. As you say, a lot of people don't speak about it, but more and more and more people are. And even looking on YouTube, looking at the numbers of people that are watching people's experiences and a life after death, there is a great thirst for the knowledge of who we are. Do you think from broader perspective, there is some reason this information is much more out there? Do you think that there's like a message with all these NDEs? Spirit is trying to give the human consciousness? When I ask my mob about this, <laughs> what I'm given is, you know, people talk about um, the shift. And from what I've been given, this is not, it's not like this is going to happen at this instant. Mm-hmm. It's a shift that takes place over a long period of time. And everything is always shifting. But there are times when things sort of speed up and um, shift a little more quickly. You know, we we experience that in our daily lives. There's some days that, wow, everything's happening at once. It's going fast. Well, apparently, what I'm given is that there's some energies that are shifting very quickly that have to do with the actual organizing structure of this reality, of this physical reality. And as those shift, what is potentially available to us to experience in this reality is also shifting. Whereas it may have been, you know, 500 years ago, it may have been um, a very different reality. Actually, uh, probably a little bit more magical kind of reality 500 years ago. And then maybe 100 years ago, you know, science and reason, the age of reason are kind of cracking the whip. And now we're kind of leaning back toward that magical reality, but in a new way, mm-hmm. informed in a new way, and experiencing it in a new way. And that carries some new potential for possibly bringing into this reality a little bit more memory of who and what we are mm-hmm. in order to explore a little bit differently mm-hmm. in this adventure. It seems to me like they want to remind us that we are vibrational beings, energetic beings, that we're not just physical beings, that we have potential to mould the energy for our life. And I think that people's NDEs, well, they demonstrate that we are these vibrational beings, that um, not just a physical being, that there's more to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that I think that happens in a lot of different ways now, um, not just through NDEs, but yeah, NDEs are definitely, I would say, um, one way of, of reminding everybody of who they are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what they are. Um, and really, it's a mi- reminder to ourselves. <laughs> I mean, we're all reminding ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we're all, as someone said, walking each other home, you know. So a few of us have these experiences and, and other people go, oh, wow. Oh, I remember who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to go too much into your experience because there's quite a few videos of Natalie talking about exactly what happened in her experience in our last interview. So you can watch that on karenswain.com. Just put in Natalie Sudman. You explain it really well, what happened to you. You were in these different environments, the blink environment where you had the beings of light 
downloading information. I love the downloading, you know, it's like downloading. <laughs> you know, the computer age is giving us a language and making yeah, it is. uploading, downloading. And then you had the rest environment, the healing environment. And what other environments did you experience? Uh, yeah, the rest environment and the healing environment and the jumping off point. Mm-hmm. The jumping off point, is that where you jumped back into this uh, experience? Back into the body. Mm-hmm. But the healing environment is the environment that I'm really interested in because from that environment, you said that you had the ability of manifesting here on the physical dimension. So from that broader awareness or that non-physical, it's not really a place, but vibrational frequency, let's call it that frequency. Mm-hmm. From that frequency, you had the ability of affecting the physical frequency and that's where you and a a guide and another apprentice guide were um, looking at your physical body that had been in the bomb blast and looking at different ways to design the healing and the injuries that you had. I'd like to know how that Works because I hang out with a lot of energetic healers who kind of know that place. They know that place when they go into that. Well, I know when I do it, when I go into that place that you're in, you're hanging out in that frequency and that vibration. And from that vibration, you have the ability to shift and change physical manifestation, both the physical body and the physical manifestation around you. Do you want to Mm -hmm. talk more about how that works? Please. Um. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't said please, I wouldn't. That's cute. Um, Well, I'm not sure I can talk about how it works. I mean, really, it's just intention. And it's just being able to tune yourself to a certain focus, what I'll call focus or frequency, being able to tune yourself to that and hold it or sink into it. And then with your intention being, um, you know, really intention is this will happen or this is this is already and with no doubts and no well how does this work or how can that possibly be or none of that you just know that it's going to happen and you just create it (laughs) with your intention and I can't even say that it's really thought Mm -hmm. because it's thought that's already completed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe that doesn't make sense either no it does it's like a knowing it's like when you Mm -hmm. get up from the chair most people know they can so you don't think about it I don't have to think I'm now going to move my leg and my arm and I'm going to get up off the chair you just get up off the chair because you have a knowing that you can or yes yes that's perfect and you wouldn't say that was thought but of course there is a thought there is some thought that says I'm getting up off the chair but you're not really aware of that Mm-hmm. maybe or I'm digesting my food like you're not thinking I'm digesting my food you're just mm-hmm. digesting yeah, you your don't food. have to put your f you don't have to put any effort into it you just um notice it kind of because that is the secret to mm-hmm. manifesting in the physical is the least effort that you put into it the quicker the more instant the manifestation because when mm-hmm. you line up with that knowing Uh, then manifestation happens. So Mm -hmm. when you're asking for something to happen, like 
let's take me, pain in my neck. I've got this pain in my neck. I want the pain in my neck to go away. Please go away. Please go away. Please doesn't go away. Let me go in there and heal it intentionally. Let me go in there and have a look at the body and because I could look inside the body and see the structure. It doesn't go away. So there is effort involved, like there's effort involved. And this is something as a teacher of deliberate creation, people really struggle with understanding you have to let go of the effort and yeah. and tune into the knowing, tune in, get that vibration of it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very hard thing to teach, maybe especially in our Western cultures, because we are taught from the very beginning that everything takes effort and hard work is good and hard work will get you what you want. And so to say to somebody, okay, stop trying, stop trying, stop stop pushing stop dragging stop pulling just stop yeah and and imagine that you already have it yeah they're like well i don't have it yeah i don't have it and and then if they can actually stop and pause and create it and boom they get it then it freaks them out and or they find all those voices that say they don't deserve it yeah. It's not, I'm not good enough. It shouldn't happen that easily. I didn't yeah. earn it. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I have to earn what I get. You know, we yeah. have a lot of, a lot of um, beliefs around effort and hard work and, and getting things for nothing <laughs> that, that can get clean. It's actually, you know, manifesting is a great way to clean those beliefs out. Tell me about it. <laughs> Put yourself out there as a teacher of deliberate creation. Yes. You will you will uh, you'll freak yourself out a few times, right? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know. I know, I know. So so you're touching on those contrary beliefs that we have. So we want something, but we don't believe we can have it. A contrary belief. And you touched on that in the book too. Let me have a look. I wrote a question down about that. I think, well, I think I just wrote down how do we change those, those limiting unconscious contrary beliefs, those ones that say, yeah, it, life has to be hard. It should be hard to get what you want. And I don't deserve or I'm not worthy. I mean, these are sort of ingrained into us through our society, through our religions, through our cultural awareness, through schools, through parenting. Yeah, be a good boy. If you're good, you'll get what you want and and don't do that. And so we kind of come up with that. So how do you change a contrary subconscious belief? Well, I think we already talked about that a little bit earlier, you know. Um, challenge it. Challenge it. Um, find it first. Yep. You know, <laughs> first you have to become aware of it and then say, well, do I, do I believe this? Why do I believe this? Do I want to keep believing this? No. You know, or hello, thank you for trying to protect me. Let's try it another way. Yeah. In other words, bring it along with you, you know. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. criticize yourself for having believed that. Just say, oh, well, I did believe that. Maybe there's another way to, another way to do this and walk forward with that questioning and willingness to find another way. You know, there's lots of... For me, there's lots of um, ways to bring those beliefs to the surface, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a lot of times the first thing that you have to do in order to change those beliefs. Mm -hmm. But um, 
one of the ways that I do that is uh, say I wanted, uh, I'm going to create $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. So I write down on a piece of paper, $10,000. I now have $10,000. Somebody just gave me $10,000. I, I write whatever I want about this $10,000. And as I, then I, then I might double that. Yeah, you know what? 20,000. What the heck? 20,000. Yeah, yeah. And as you do that, as you raise that number, it becomes more and more unbelievable. Uh-huh. And you're going to hear those voices that say, that's never going to happen. You can't have that. Money doesn't grow on trees. You didn't earn that. Who's going to give you that? How is it going to happen? All those kinds of beliefs. And um, so that's, that's one way to highlight where those limitations are is to stretch, stretch your creation out so far that it really like brings all those, those beliefs that say no right to the surface. And then you can, and then you can work with each of those. Yeah. That's one way to do it. I mean, really, you know, a lot of people want a shortcut. Well, how can I just go from um, here to there? You know, they, again, the instantaneous spiritual transformative experience. And, you know, maybe you'll get that, but most people are going to have to do a little work. Yeah. You got to show up and do the work. Look, I actually, I love, actually love what you said, what before, you said before about why do you want that. I think I that... Think that you know, with the onset or the advent of the secret and the expansion of law of attraction, of the awareness of law of attraction, that everyone's out there to, to manifest and get what they want because they know they can. But then maybe you're trying to manifest 10,000, 20,000, 20 million, unlimited. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're thinking, great, I'm going to manifest shitloads of money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think that your question before, like, why do you want that? Mm-hmm. That's a very important question and in, sh- in creating. Yeah, and tuning into why you want that and then finding the frequency of that because I want to feel free. I want to feel happy. I want to feel secure. I want to feel less worried. I want to stop mm-hmm. worrying about money all the time. Mm-hmm. And in there lies the answer to the question, like mm-hmm. stop worrying about money and the money will come rather mm-hmm. than keep on trying to manifest by thinking about it and visualizing it and doing, you know, thing boards. What do they call those boards? Manifestation boards or vision mm-hmm. boards and, and ask the why. And when you find the answer, be the answer. So mm-hmm. feel free, feel mm-hmm. secure. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do that, a lot of times, again, I say to people, say to yourself, I'm willing to be that. I don't know how, I don't know how to let go of this stress. I don't know how to feel free inside, but I'm willing to feel that. I'm willing to be shown how to do that. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm ready, willing, and able. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's an actually, that's a much better affirmation than I'm rich. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm rich to someone who feels poor feels like a lie. Yeah. But I'm I'm willing I'm willing to I'm willing to accept a richer lifestyle. I'm willing to accept money from the universe. 
You know, we think that things come from other people. Everything that you accept comes from your own whole self. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how could you feel unworthy or guilty or something about accepting a gift from yourself to yourself <laughs> it's all good you know <laughs> I like that that's that's a great yeah. visualization that no one's giving it to me I'm giving it to me so maybe see visualize yourself in your human form giving mm -hmm. you a gift the gift of yeah. abundance or the gift of freedom I, I really mm -hmm. believe that money is tied up with freedom for many people it is yeah 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 the, the feeling of I am able to be and do and have anything I want anytime I want, like that feeling of freedom or, or safety, maybe safety. Having money means I'm safe and I'm mm -hmm. secure. And, and those feelings are available without the manifestation of the thing. Yeah, and that goes back to um, that definition of the self. Something outside of myself makes me feel safe. Something outside of myself makes me feel free. Something outside of myself makes me feel X, Y, Z. Yeah. Instead of finding that place within yourself, the, the thinker thinking the thoughts, yeah. the, the being that is perpetually, eternally, infinitely safe, happy, free, and joyful, <laughs> and, and being, beaming that out, Instead of allowing um, what's around you to... To give it to you. Give it to you. Yeah. Push it out yeah. instead of... The other way around. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's what NDEs, I believe, that's what most NDEs do, is they establish that you are already all the things that you say you want. You, yeah. you are that. You yes. are free. You are infinite. You are safe. You are secure. Yeah. And... Um, I think that that is really the message of most NDEs. Not mm -hmm. you need to have this amazing experience to feel it, but um, it's available inside you. Find it. You already are that. You already yes. are. Find it. Feel it. Absolutely. Make love to it. Get intimate with it. Yeah. <laughs> roll, roll around in the mud with it. <laughs> yeah. Remember who you are. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to acquire it. And you don't have to learn how to do it. Yeah. You just remember that you already are it yeah remember it i really yeah. love the visual of of seeing yourself give it to yourself like mm -hmm. the gift of remembrance that's a beautiful visual thank you for that one good. I that. Mm -hmm. visuals yeah. are good visuals yeah. are good <laughs> <laughs> i'm loving this conversation <laughs> so before you had your nde uh, natalie you were very spiritually aware of your whole self broader perspective and your mob, your spiritual guides. <laughs> yeah. Love that word. Did you, when did you become aware? You were like that as a child, weren't you? Quite. Yeah, I don't remember a time when I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. 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 I remember a time where I wasn't aware of it, but at the same time, when I learned about it, when it unfolded, it was like a recognition that it had always been there. 
but I just called it something different. I used to call the voices in my head my common sense instead of my guides. And um, yeah, well, people still talk about, oh, I'm not, I don't believe in that psychic stuff, but I, you know, I just follow my gut. Yeah. That's the same thing. Yeah. That's the same thing. Yeah. And, and I used to call my visions, my imagination because I could look inside people's bodies and I was massaging them. And I just thought, well, I have a a knowing of what the inside of the body looks like because I'd studied it. So I'm just imagining it. And yet when I studied psychic awareness, I realized that these labels, my common sense and my imagination was actually my uh, guidance and my, my visions. How did having this experience change you after the bomb blast in 2007, wasn't it? How did it change me? Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> maybe you should ask my partner. <laughs> Tom maybe could tell you. Um, hey, Tom! <laughs> I think that um, maybe it changed, uh, it gave me a little bit more confidence in my abilities, maybe. Willingness to talk about them. Mm. Um, that I, you know, I maybe kept them a little quieter. Um, before and maybe kind of um, thought well this is really interesting and you know spent some time with things and and some effort in um, learning how to turn things turn those senses on and off and control them a little better but um, but afterward I felt like I remembered how to do all that stuff I didn't have to put quite so much again effort effort into into what I know and what I do psychically and that kind of an awareness of who I am and what I am. Maybe that's maybe a little bit more, made a little more effortless. And I think I'm um, happier. I mean, I've always kind of struggled um, with depression and I think a lot of that was, you know, why can't I just go home? I don't like it here. And now I I really haven't experienced that kind of depression again. Cool. So that's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm getting this visual of the, you being kind of kicked up the butt and pushed outside and like, go out there, girl, go out there and do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> the reluctant guru. <laughs> Definitely reluctant. <laughs> you've got things to share. You've got wisdom to share. You've got a, you've got a lot to give. Go out there and, uh, yeah, like, you know that saying that, you know, to get you moving, you have to put a bomb under you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You know, um, I think that I want to, I want to mention this because I get this a lot. I think that, um, people have this idea that if you have an NDE, then your life, now you're perfect and now your life is perfect and now nothing is at struggle anymore. Everything is just kind of roses and la-di-da. And, um, you know, I kind of hinted at this <laughs> at the, when I talked about everyone wants the big flashy spiritual transformation, but an NDE or a big um, flashy spiritually transformative experience is is not all it doesn't just make you into this buddha guru you know <laughs> i mean you still have you still have a personality that you have to negotiate you still are in this physical world 
you're still going to have challenges. And sometimes those challenges are going to be maybe even more challenging because now you've you've got more tools. So you're going to challenge yourself a little bit more. When some, I've met some people who have been very confused by their NDE, people who are spiritually aware, but still a little bit confused, you know, okay, now I had this NDE now. So what, you know, I mean, how does my life change because of that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it can, it can be confusing and it can be a little bit of a challenge and it doesn't just turn you into a Buddha or <laughs> some wise person who knows it all you know I often say something and then I say but I could be wrong (laughs) I'm just (laughs) because because we could all be wrong yeah or another way of saying that is we're all right so if you don't agree with something that's okay you know you don't have to agree with everything that I say or everything that Karen says or any anything that anybody says think for yourself but also you don't have to condemn what somebody else says you may end up at some point realizing, oh my God, said the same thing just in a completely different way that it just didn't make sense to me at the time. Mm. But now I see they were saying the same thing that I was saying, Mm. but we were saying it in a different way. You know, I don't think that there has to be one message or I don't think that there has to be one way of talking about here and there or God or Allah or source or goddess or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to talk about it in all the hands of different ways because it's everything. It's big enough to handle every way we talk about it. <laughs> You know, that's one of the reasons that I interview people because I have a message and my guides kind of like that vision of being kicked up the bum. That was, you know, for me as much as for you. And I'm a bit of a reluctant. I don't want people to look at me and say, you've got all the answers. And it's kind of like, can I just get other people to teach what I know? And then they won't look at me. (laughs) That's that's my game, right? (laughs) That's the game I've been playing. But at the same time, I've, you know, read a lot of books and listened to a lot of YouTubes and I like hearing the message in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's beautiful because it allows our brain to look at it from every different perspective. Like you're looking at the same box, but you're looking at it from different perspectives and each perspective gives you another view. Yes, and yeah. it gives you a little bit more information and yeah. a little bit different way of understanding who you are, what you are, and who you are in this world, and why. (laughs) Why Why? in this world? One of the things you said last time when I interviewed you is that we talked about a shift in focus. I asked you the question, why do you think your NDE was just one minute in the body, the next minute in the blink environment, you know, surrounded by guides and having a complete knowing, no traveling through lights and white lights and tunnels and relatives and, you know, explanation. And you said to me, I don't know, but I think you do know. But anyway... I just understood that it's all about focus, either focused here or focused there, no movement, no tunnels, no passage in time, no passage in space. And you said, I don't know, maybe other people haven't had that experience. And I wanted to say to you, I've had that experience, but not as an NDE. I was reading a book about a guy whose brother had died in the war. He lived in India. And this man turned up at his house in a turban and said, your brother wants to speak to you. I'm going to take you tonight to meet your brother. And 
when he fell asleep in his dream, this turban man was there and he took him into all these experiences in different um, dimensions, vibrational levels, and he allowed this man to write it all down. And he wrote this book called A Journey of Souls or A Soul's Journey, one of those two. There's two books written by two different authors. And I read the book thinking, I want that to happen to me. I want that to happen to me. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen for like months, years, I don't know. And then one night it did happen, like I've forgotten about it. And, you know, when, when I stopped efforting, when I stopped wanting it to happen, it happened. And I had this experience being in another dimension and asking and being in a class and asking the teacher how do I move through dimensions and she was asked talking about different lights and frequencies in my body and and then I shifted to another dimension and I woke up and there was the turban man holding out a glass of liqueur and as I looked past him I saw Shirley MacLaine sitting at a table laden with goodies and I said can you drink when you're not physical because I knew I wasn't physical I knew I was in a and she said yeah sure you don't have a body you can't get drunk and I said okay cool and so I had this experience having a chat with her and a few other people and then I felt an earthquake and I grabbed the table and I looked at these people and said what's happening and I found myself back in my room and I could see through all the walls and I could see that my daughter who was about eight nine ten at the time waking up and she was coming in to wake me up and I knew that my body or you know I don't know but something called me back to that perspective to that focus because I was about to be woken up and um, I couldn't I didn't look down at my body I couldn't see my body I was inside and outside my body simultaneously and I could see through all the walls and I could see you know I could see for like everything was translucent so I was having a non-physical perspective and she was trying to wake me up and I'm like I don't want this experience to end (laughs) (laughs) and then she left and I thought oh I better get up and make a breakfast so I got back in But they said to me that exactly what you experience, you don't travel anywhere. It's just like a camera. You experience what you focus on. So you're either focused there or you're focused here. It's like a camera can only take a photograph where it's pointed. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I wanted to say that to you last time, but I didn't. Um, That's the message they gave me through that experience, that it's all about focus. Are you focusing on the physical environment or are you focusing on the non-physical environment? And depending where you put your focus, where your mind and your eyes, like when you shut your eyes, you're not focusing anymore on the physical environment, you can access different dimensions and frequencies and... um, we actually do it all the time without paying any attention to it. Yeah. You know, when we're driving home from work and we get all the way to, we get all the way home and we go, oh my, I didn't remember a single thing about that uh, yeah, drive. Yeah. I don't know who drives because my car. Because you were focused somewhere else. Yeah. And you can, you, basically you were bilocated. Your focus was completely somewhere else, but enough of your awareness was left in your body to drive safely home. Yeah. But we do that all the time. We just don't think about it as bilocation, or we don't think about it as focus. But if you start to pay attention to that, then you also begin to master being in control of your own focus and attention. Yeah. And as you do that, then you can begin to explore anywhere you want. Yeah. Infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of manifesting as well, is that 
you know, are you focused on the lack of it or are you focused on the having of it? Mm -hmm. Tune up that focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Tune up that focus, get focused. And I think the practice of meditation Mm -hmm. helps you tune up that focus. Yeah, definitely. To hone your focus Mm -hmm. in the direction. And to then hold that focus as well. To be able to choose where you put your focus and then to hold that focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably one of my biggest problems is I my focus is all over the place all the time. <laughs> I'm multitasking all the time, thinking of this, thinking of that, thinking of this. Mind you, in this conversation, it's been very honed. Yeah, I could use more practice than that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but that's why we're here, right? I think that that's one of the major lessons in in having a physical experience is to have this diversity at our fingertips and being given all this stuff to play with and then saying, yeah. pick one and focus on it. Well, I think as non-physical beings, we already understand focus. I mean, it's kind of just in the nature of the whole being, I think. Bringing it into a physical body, though, yeah, I think probably some people that is very, very interesting to spend their time here really um, practicing that focus um, and bringing it into a physical reality, into a form, which, which would be quite different than just experiencing it in the non-physical. Yeah. I don't know that I would say that it's what we're all doing. I mean, I think everybody's doing different things, but yeah. it's definitely a fun thing to play with. It's definitely a fun toy. And it's a very effective way to experience ourselves as infinite. Mm. Because once you learn about focus and learn to control your focus and then learn to hold your focus, you realize you can, as a consciousness, as an awareness, you can go anywhere, anytime. Yeah. yeah. There is no, and there is no anywhere or anytime. <laughs> it's outside of time and space too. So really anywhere and anytime. Life is a journey of infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. Oh, Natalie, it's so beautiful to talk with you again. You've got so much to share. Thank you so much for having a talk with us Thank today. Thank you, Carmen. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. It's been beautiful. <laughs> and hopefully we can do a few more sometime. Sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Put you on the spot. Because <laughs> I know you're a busy gal. Me too. Yeah, I'm a busy gal too. It's but fun chatting with you. Thanks again. You're listening to Karen Accentuating the Positive here on FM 99.3. Fascinating conversation. My guest on the show today is Natalie Sudman, the author of The Application of Impossible Things. But you can see the whole conversation on my website on karenswain.com. Just put in Natalie Sudman. It's on YouTube, so you can see the two of us. Thanks again for joining us on Accentuate the Positive, the home of enlightened media. Remember to support positive media by going to our Facebook page, Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain on Facebook, or Blissful Beings Reminders from Home. Check out more of our podcasts on karenswain.com. ATP Media. Bye for now. (laughs) 
Bye-bye. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Clap along if you